the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children come Welcome to Children's Bible Journey With stories and songs just for kids We have a dramatized Bible story coming up So let's get today's program started By singing praises to our awesome God I can do all things Through Christ who strengthens me
makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. And so, O God of Israel, at the close of this solemn feast, we pray that thou wilt go with these thy people to their homes, keeping them and blessing them until we meet again. Amen. Amen. Well, Mary, it's over. Another Passover feast is history. Let's go home. Home. Jesus, it's a... Where is Jesus? He was here a moment ago, probably gone on ahead. Don't you think that he's... Well, he's changed? He's getting older, if that's what you mean. No, it's just that he seems suddenly to have become quiet and absorbed in deep thought as if a... Uh, well, as if he were trying to solve some great and perplexing problem. Oh, I noticed that, too. He always has been a... Well... Different. He is a good boy, though. Good worker, kind, obedient, likable, and... As the mystery of his mission began to open to him, Jesus sought to be alone. When the multitude left the temple courts, Jesus lingered behind. His knowledge of the history of Israel came now to his mind, and he recalled with astonishing accuracy the many scenes that had taken place at Jerusalem, some of them on the very spot where now stood the temple. By faith, Abraham sojourned in the land of promise and came to the plain of Mamre, and there building an altar unto the Lord. Abraham built an altar for worship wherever he camped, and it was upon these very grounds that Abraham was willing to offer his only son, right on the spot where the altar of burnt offering now stands. It was probably at Jerusalem that Abraham paid a tithe to the priest Melchizedek, and at this very spot that King David erected an altar, and later his son, Solomon, built the temple. It is here, too, that the Messiah will fulfill his mission. All these things and more flashed through the mind of Jesus in the temple courts at the close of that Passover feast. It seems that the temple court is more of a marketplace than a place of reference and worship. Excuse me, sir, but is there a school of the prophets near here? A school of the... Oh, yes, I know what you mean. Well, they do have a special room in connection with the temple, the room that right there through that door where the priests and elders teach after the manner of the school of prophets. Thank you, sir. Occupied. Oh, it's yours for the taking. Thank you. Hey, you're new here. That's plain to see. From the country? Nazareth. Oh, that town. It's a wicked place, I hear. Nothing good there at all. Uh, you're going to be a priest or a scribe? 
I'm anxious to learn all I can about scripture. I assume that the most learned scribes and elders teach her. Oh, I suppose you might say that. But I wouldn't say that they teach scripture exactly. They teach their idea of scripture, yes. I mean, well, actually, they teach tradition as much as they do scripture. Oh, here they come now. <coughs> I, uh, <coughs> I uh, see several new faces here today. May I say to them, welcome to this sacred school. Here teach the wisest and most learned scribes and elders in Israel. Here you will learn all there is to know of sacred history and laws, past, present, and future. We seek to teach. So if at any time there's anything you do not understand, speak up. We shall be only too glad to answer any and all questions. <clears throat> Today we shall take up the subject of sin. Now, what is sin? Uh, sin is the transgression of the law. What law? The royal law is written by God on the tables of stone and handed to Moses at Mount Sinai. Now, sin is more than that, students. Strict obedience to God's royal law is only a part of this question of sin. To sin not, one must also obey the voice and precepts of the priests. Sir? Yes? Is not God the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow? The scriptures teach that, yes, young man. According to the scripture, God's commandments are sure. They stand fast forever and ever. They are truth and righteousness. <laughs> you have a fair knowledge of scripture, young man. Sir, if it is God's commandments which are sure and true and stand forever and ever, then the traditions and opinions of man have no part in truth. Is this right, sir? Uh, uh, yes, yes, right. Uh, you, uh, you confuse the issue, young man. <clears throat> Let us proceed. Uh, the only way sin, once committed, can be done away with is through the various ceremonies and feasts performed right here in the temple by the priests. Does the learned scribe have reference to lambs offered as sin offerings? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Is not the looked-for Messiah to fulfill the part the sacrificial lamb points forward to? Well, the Messiah is to be the savior of Israel from Roman oppression. He's to be the king of Israel, sitting on David's throne. I believe that Isaiah, the prophet, said, he is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. I think those are about his words, yes. Is it not true, then, that the Messiah, like the sacrificial lamb, is to be slain for the sins of mankind? Uh, uh, do any of the rest of you scribes and teachers care to answer that question? Uh, very well, I shall. Uh, the, uh, the lamb. I mean, the, uh, the... Well, this is a fitting time for a rest. I so order. Dismissed. Uh, we shall call you when we are ready to resume. Well, what do the rest of you think? Oh, it's amazing. And he's never gone to school. Mm. Yet his understanding of scripture, we must admit, admit? is... Admit? Uh, perhaps, but only to ourselves. Well, of course. As I was saying, we must admit that his knowledge of scripture seems to exceed our own. His questions probed deep into subjects we never even thought of. He has a quick, receptive, original mind. Only 12 years old, too. Are we teaching him, or is he teaching us? <laughs> we are the teachers. He merely asked questions. We answered them. <laughs> Did we? Yeah, I, I think we should try to persuade him to attend our classes. We could mold him into one of the greatest teachers in all Israel. I wonder... I wonder what Isaiah did mean by 
He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. My dear learned friend, don't be led astray by the imaginative mind of a twelve-year-old child. Me? Led astray? <laughs> Never. I'll see that you aren't. Uh, shall we call them back in now and question the new one to discover how he knows so much about Scripture? Oh, yes. All right. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to add these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Dear Diary, the teacher of my health class at school wants us to keep a record of what we do to stay healthy each day. So here goes. Today, I stood on the playground and breathed deeply six times, which some kids thought was kind of dumb because I was playing soccer at the time and my team was losing. What they didn't know was that breathing deeply helps relax you and makes you smarter. Breathing deeply fills your blood with oxygen and that oxygen goes to your brain and muscles and makes them work better. Trust me, my team needed to work better right about then. So there I was, breathing deeply, when the ball comes flying out of the sky and hits me right on the head. That made me so embarrassed, I went over and kicked it as hard as I could. That ball flew down to the end of the field and bounced right into the net. Goal! Now, I'm not saying that breathing deeply will help your soccer game, but it will reduce your stress and make your organs healthier. My health teacher said it can even reduce your blood pressure, which I really needed at that time. You see, when I got embarrassed and kicked the ball, I kind of kicked it in the wrong direction and it went right into my own net. Yep, that's right. I scored a goal for the other team. They were very happy and congratulated me. My team wasn't so thrilled. What did I learn today? Breathing deeply is good. But if a ball hits you on the head and makes you embarrassed, 
Don't kick it. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. If you were a doctor and you had a patient with a bad case of broken spirit, what would you do? You couldn't put a cast on it like you would a broken arm. No pills can cure it, and you can't see it to guess where it hurts. But a broken spirit does hurt, inside and out. What your patient needs is a heaping healthy dose of joyful heart. Proverbs 17, verse 22. Joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bone. A joyful heart is good medicine, good medicine. A joyful heart, a joyful heart is good medicine. A joyful heart is good. up the bones a broken spirit dries up the bones a joyful heart is good medicine good medicine a joyful heart a joyful heart is good medicine a joyful heart is good you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 11, An Unexpected Surprise. The shoebox was filled with excited voices when Mrs. Shoe came through the doorway. Usually the kids stopped to say hello, but this morning they didn't even notice her. They were too busy listening to what Chris and Maria were saying. Mrs. Shoe stood for a moment and then cleared her throat to get their attention. 
It didn't work. Finally, she walked over to the light switch and flipped it off. Hey, what's going on? Sammy exclaimed. Did the power go off? Willie asked. What happened to the lights? Jenny asked. I turned them off, exclaimed Mrs. Shue, and now that I have your attention, I'll wish you a good morning and then turn the lights back on. Mrs. Shue paused until the room was quiet. Good morning, she said with a smile. Then she switched on the lights and asked, so what's all the excitement about? Chris and Maria were telling us about their vacation to the beach, said Jenny. They found this old graveyard up on a sand dune. And Chris almost killed himself in a lighthouse, added Sammy, but this guy rescued him just in time. And we helped the same guy solve a mystery about his great-grandfather, Maria said. They figured out a bunch of clues that finally led them to the old lighthouse, Willie said. That's where they found a hidden treasure. That does sound exciting, Mrs. Shue said. So what was the mystery? Chris and Maria looked at each other. Go ahead, Chris, Maria said. You tell it. Chris began. Charles Perkins, that's John's great-grandfather, was always getting into trouble. He just wouldn't listen to his parents. He didn't trust what they told him to do or not to do. One day, there was a big change, Chris continued. No one knew why until Maria and I found where he'd hidden the secret. He wrote about it in his diary, Maria said, but he'd torn those pages out and hidden them with some other stuff in a secret place by the lighthouse. When we found those pages, the mystery was solved, Chris explained. Then he told Mrs. Shue what Charles had written in the diary. Maria finished the story. It changed his life. I can see why, Mrs. Shue said. That's quite a story, and it fits right in with our lesson this week. She turned and wrote T-R-U-S-T in big letters on the whiteboard. Sometimes it's hard to trust what our parents say, she added. We want to find out for ourselves if what they say is right or wrong. Why can that be a problem? Willie raised his hand. Yes, Willie? If my dad tells me not to go down a sidewalk by myself in my chair because it's too steep, I need to trust him, said Willie. If I don't, I might get hurt, even though some hills look like they'd be fun to coast down. Jenny spoke next. I love cats. I'd like to pet every cat I see, but my mom tells me not to because they might scratch or bite me or be sick. Sometimes it's hard not to when I see a cute kitten, but I need to trust what my mom says. Chris sat there for a moment and then finally raised his hand. I almost hurt myself really bad in the lighthouse because I didn't trust what my dad said about old buildings being dangerous. And then I almost got knocked into the ocean by a wave because I didn't trust a warning sign, Chris said. It's something I need to work on. And you're not the only one, Chris, said Mrs. Shue. The Bible is filled with stories of people who had to learn to trust their parents. But because they did, they also learned to trust God. Look at Noah's sons. They grew up watching their father build a giant boat far, far away from water because God told him to. When they were older, they helped him build the ark. They sure needed to trust both their father and God. She continued, And how about Isaac and Abraham up on the mountaintop with no animal for a sacrifice? That took a lot of trust for both of them. And I could tell you more stories, but I'd like you to come up with some. She smiled at her class. I'll divide you into two teams. Let's see how many Bible characters that had to learn to trust you can find in eight minutes. You may use your Bibles. The sound of rustling pages and low murmurs filled the room. When the time was up, Mrs. Shue asked each team to share what they had found. Soon, the whiteboard was filled with Bible names. Maria raised her hand. God must have known that a lot of people would have trouble with trusting because there sure are a lot of those stories in the Bible. Mrs. Shue agreed. Yes, there are, Maria. Aren't you glad that God put them there to help us today? 
After Sabbath school, Willie came over to where Chris was standing in the hallway. What else was in the treasure box? Willie asked. Was there any gold? Chris smiled. There wasn't any gold, but there were some old coins. The man gave Maria and me one for helping him. Really? asked Willie. Can I see it? It's at home, said Chris, but next time you come over, we'll look at it. Mrs. Shue walked up. Did I hear someone talking about old coins? Chris nodded. I was telling Willie about the coin the man gave us for helping him solve the mystery. Do you know what kind of coin it is? asked Mrs. Shue. Well, Chris answered, I think it's a silver dollar. Mrs. Shue's eyebrows went up. Really? I'd like to see it. My husband and I collect old coins as a hobby. We'll be home tomorrow, Chris said. Maybe you could stop by. Mrs. Shue smiled. I think we'll try to do that. I'll be sure to call your mother before we come. The next afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. Shue were in the Vargas's living room looking at the old coin. After Mr. Shue studied both sides of the coin, he began looking through his book about old coins. Finally, he looked up. Well, Chris and Maria, it looks like you have an 1859 Liberty seated dollar. It's in really good condition, too. Do you have any idea what it might be worth? Chris laughed. Well, we know it's worth at least a dollar. It was back in 1859, said Mr. Shue. Today, it's worth a little bit more. Really? Maria asked. How much more? Mr. Shue smiled. According to my coin guide, it's worth about $500. Chris and Maria stared until their eyes almost popped out. Maria finally said, wow, that's a lot of money. For a minute, Chris didn't say anything. Then he got a big grin on his face. Hey, Dad, where are we going on vacation again? Maybe Maria and I can solve another mystery and earn some more money. I'm not sure when or where we'll be going, his dad answered. But treasure or not, I know you'll have fun. He grinned at Chris. Just trust me. Chris grinned back. I will, Dad. I will. story you've heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book 12, Mystery of the Abandoned Lighthouse, written by Suzanne Grant-Purdue and Grant-Purdue, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.